Uh, Go ahead, and if you have your Bibles, take them out and turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Nate. I am one of the pastors here. And today, we are going to be continuing our series, Behold the Glory, talking about the announcement. The announcement. Uh, We have a love-hate relationship with announcements sometimes. Uh, Some announcements are good. Congratulations, Nate, you won the lottery. Yes, I wasn't even playing. Other announcements are not so good. And, And frankly, some announcements are just downright horrible. Uh, And the longer we've waited for an announcement, the greater the anticipation for it is. Maybe maybe that announcement is your manager saying in front of everybody that after work today, he wants you to stop by his office. And you're anticipating, what is he going to tell me? Am I getting a promotion or fired? Uh, Am I getting a pay raise or am I going to get told we didn't make payroll? this month. Praise for a job well done or you didn't meet your goals. Uh, Maybe that announcement comes for you in the form of a doctor who comes into the room as as you're waking up from anesthesia. Good news. We didn't find anything. Good news. We took care of it or not as good news. We found something. Announcements come with mixed feelings and anticipation. And they make us hold our breath sometimes, and they're scary. They're difficult, I think, because often they involve uncertainty and potentially life-changing things. Well, this announcement today that we're looking at is the greatest announcement in history. Israel has waited centuries for this, and and this announcement is good news. It's It's the greatest news. In fact, every other announcement that you will ever get in this life should be filtered through this amazing one. And today, I want us to narrow in on this in relation to and through the eyes and experiences of a young woman named Mary. Luke chapter 1, we're going to look at three reasons that the announcement of the incarnation is glorious. Uh, When we say incarnation, here's what we mean. We mean the eternal Son of God, without ceasing to be God, came as a man. Right? The eternal Son of God, without ceasing to be God, took on human Form. That's what we mean by that. And I want to see us, I want us to see three reasons that the announcement of this is amazing. Luke chapter 1, let's look at verse 26. It says this: In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting, what type of announcement this might might be. And the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. 
And behold, listen, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus. And he will be great, and he'll be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Ha. First reason that this announcement is glorious is because it calms our fears. This announcement calms our fears. Let's walk through this. Look first at verses 26 and 27 there. What do we see? We see that Gabriel is sent by God. Okay, when we go through this, don't just, don't just skim through these narratives. Like, stop and think about this. Like, I was thinking about this this week, and I'm like, how did this all go down in heaven? I mean, it was just like, hey, Gabriel, that thing we've been talking about for centuries, it's time. Like, you're up. And you, angels, you got nine months to get those songs down. <laughs> like, how did this happen? Like, it's just interesting to think about. But Gabriel's sent by God. And where is he sent to? It says there he's sent to, to Nazareth. Where? <laughs> exactly. Nowhere. We actually see in John chapter 1 that Nazareth had a, had a pretty bad reputation. Nathaniel said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? That's where he goes. And to who? To a betrothed girl named Mary. A betrothed, think of it like this, it's basically engagement but souped up. Okay, it's, it's, it's a pledge to be married that's, that's this legally binding arrangement that can only be severed by divorce because of infidelity. And she is betrothed, she's pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. And Gabriel comes to her in this nowhere place. And what's he say? Verse 28, he shows up and he's like, greetings. It's basically like, hello. Greetings, favored one. A uh, favored one here, it highlights uh, that this is nothing that she has done, either good or bad, to deserve this. She is a recipient of God's grace. Favored one. The Lord is with you. And how she react? It says she is greatly troubled and tries to figure out what type of greeting this is. Uh, now, this doesn't say here how she knew that Gabriel was an angel, or all of the details around this visit. But as I was thinking about this this week, and I was talking to some people, and I was looking at the way angels come in, in different ways at different times, even in the next chapter that we're going to see on Christmas, on Christmas Eve, and I'm like, huh, this looks a little different. She's really focused in on what he's saying and less of his presence. I wonder if, I wonder if, Gabriel didn't come to her in this halo of light, like hovering over her. But what if instead he came as a, a stranger who showed up on her doorstep with a message from God? Huh. Hey, Mary. Greetings. Favored one. God's with you. Huh. That'd be pretty troubling. <laughs> But it doesn't tell us, sanctified imaginations, but this is what we know, right? This young woman, remember, probably in her mid-teens, 
was scared and confused. Right? What? What's happening? Who is this? What kind of announcement is this? Is it good? Is it bad? Why is he calling me favored one? And then Gabriel, look at verse 30. What's he saying? The angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. I love this. Don't be afraid. You found favor with God. That's exactly what she needed to hear first in that moment. Uh, before I was a pastor, I was on the police department and, and Amy and I, during, during my shifts, I, I never would call home, ever. I just didn't. I was focused on where I was. I was there. I wouldn't phone home. So Amy and I had a rule and that rule was if anybody calls and it's an unknown number, the first thing that's supposed to come out of their mouths is I'm okay or he's okay. And then after that, you can say whatever you want to. So if I decided to call her in the middle of the day, I would say, I'm okay, what's for dinner? <laughs> and even the times I wasn't okay, I still led with, I'm okay. I'm okay, but you're gonna need to meet me at the hospital. <laughs> but it's all good. But that's what she needed to hear first out of my mouth when I called her, all right? And that's exactly what Mary needed to hear first. Like, I just think about even the Lord passing this message on to Gabriel. It's like, Gabriel, when you give her this message, lead with this. Like, this announcement is, it's good news, but it's going to be really scary for her. And it's going to continue to get increasingly so. So I want you to start here. And then verses 31 to 33. After he says that, he jumps in and he delivers the meat of this announcement. And it's so cool. He graciously, if you watch this through here, he grace, graciously walks her through this step by step by step. He's like, you're going to conceive. That's in the womb. <laughs> Congratulations, it's a boy. <laughs> you're going to name him Jesus. Jesus. In Hebrew, Yeshua. Yahweh is salvation. Oh yeah, he's the Messiah. Talk about burying the lead. He's announcing to her that the one who has been promised, the king, the serpent crusher, the promise keeper, the prophecy fulfiller will be born through you, Mary. I mean, just think about this for a second. I mean, even though she'll experience all the effects of the curse when she delivers Jesus, she'll do so knowing that the one she is giving birth to will ultimately destroy that curse. No wonder that's troubling had to be so confusing and scary for her. What was, what was one of the scariest moments in your life? One of the scariest things that you've, you've ever felt or experienced. Uh, I remembered one scary moment for me back when Amy and I were first married. I worked as a welder in a, in a manufacturing plant. And this was, this was back before like everybody had cell phones 
And even if you did, they were big and you weren't allowed to bring them onto the manufacturing floor. And so I'm out, I'm working, and my foreman comes up to me and he says, he just says, hey, um, you need to go to the hospital. Something has happened to your wife. That's it. I'm like, okay. So I get out of there quick. I jump in my car. It's about 20 minutes up the road. I made it in about 10. Um, and I get there, and as I'm pulling up, there's our truck sitting in the fire lane at the emergency room, running with the door open, which I wasn't too pleased about because someone could take it, but <laughs> running with the door open and no Amy in it. And so I rush inside. They take me back. Long story short, she was okay. She wasn't dying. She felt like she was. And it was like, but I remember... I remember those 10 minutes and for 10 minutes of having no idea what was happening and only knowing that my wife was heading to the hospital, there was just this, this pit in my stomach and it was so scary. What's been one of the scariest moments for you? Maybe your scariest moment is happening right now. Maybe it's happening right now this Christmas season. And maybe the word of encouragement that you need to hear from the Lord today is this. Don't be afraid. Don't fear. Emmanuel, God with us. Because of this announcement, because of the incarnation and everything that it means, we no longer have to fear. What, Nate? Anything. You don't have to fear. You don't have to fear loneliness this holiday. You don't have to fear job loss. You don't have to fear un uncertainty. You don't have to fear Christmas dinner with your relatives. <laughs> if you know Jesus as your savior, he is with you. And that changes everything. It changes everything, not just about today, not just about this holiday, not just about this week. That changes everything about your life. We are recipients of his grace. This announcement calms our fears. The second thing that this announcement does and why it's glorious is this announcement cultivates our trust. This announcement cultivates our trust, which is super cool, which results in calming our fears, but it cultivates our trust. How did Mary respond to this? You're gonna birth the Messiah. Verse 34, she asked a question and Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? Now, this question, it, I don't think it's, it's, it's lack of faith on her part. This is just a legitimate clarifying question about how this is going to happen. I mean, think about this. It's like, okay, that's all really amazing, Gabriel. There's just one little hiccup in this plan. I'm a virgin. So how's this gonna happen? Look at verse 35 and let's see 
How Gabriel responds, and the angel answered her, and he said, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, set apart, unique, the Son of God. And, and consider this, Mary, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. And verse 37, because nothing will be impossible with God. Ha, I, I love this. Rather than just saying, Mary, don't ask questions, just obey and believe. Gabriel graciously outlines the plan regarding her question. He's like, God is going to accomplish this by his spirit and according to his infinite power. And through Gabriel, God here is cultivating, he's, he's helping her faith and bringing her along. And I love it, after he says that initially, verse 36, he offers her evidence that God has worked another miracle recently with her relative, Elizabeth who was barren, but who is now with child six months in. And just in case that wasn't enough, verse 37, he reminds her that nothing is impossible with God. I mean, put yourself in her shoes here for a minute. I mean, the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, heaven, eternal, powerful, creator, comes in human form to a virgin. That's impossible. Yeah, it is. For humanity. Not for the creator. Why does it surprise us that God does the impossible? I mean, in the wake of this impossible announcement, Gabriel here, he just reminds Mary who it is that she serves. Maybe this is the word of encouragement that you need to remember this season. You serve a God who is in the business of doing the impossible. Oh, how quickly... We forget that, don't we? I mean, we'll even believe the incarnation just flippantly and then forget that the same God who did this, who, who came in this way because of this miracle, he's with us every single day, working for his glory and for, and for our good. See, all the seemingly little or or big things day to day that we struggle to trust him with. Some of them, some of them silly, but some of them serious. They're nothing for him. And not one of them catches him by surprise. What seems impossible to you right now? What are you facing currently in your life that seems completely impossible? Remember, we serve the God of the universe. 
who has woven time together in a way to bring about the redemption that is being announced here. The God-man, Jesus, is coming. Nothing is impossible with God. Look down at verse 38 and see Mary's response to all of this. It says, and Mary, Mary said, behold, that behold there is felt like a, a yes, yes. I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be, let it happen to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary's response to all of this is trust. There had to be still so many questions rattling around in her mind. You're like, how do you know that? Because she's human. I mean, just think, I mean, in the wake of all of this, it's like there's still so many unanswered questions, Gabriel. I mean, wait, what are people going to think about me? Wait, what is Joseph going to think? Wait, this is going to change my life. How? When? Where? You see, it's, it's not wrong to ask God questions. But whether he graciously chooses to answer those for us or not, we will always bump up against faith. See, no matter what we do or don't know about our particular circumstances, we must choose to trust him. Even with all the questions, Mary doesn't go there. She responds with trust. God has spoken. God keeps his promises. <laughs> the Redeemer is coming. He is the creator. He is gracious and he is good and he has a, a plan and I trust him and nothing is impossible with God. Your will be done, Lord. This announcement calms our fears. This announcement cultivates our trust. And lastly, this announcement continues through us. This announcement continues through us. Look down at verse uh, 39. It says, in those days, Mary rose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and she greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why, why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. I love this. John the Baptist, the announcer, he begins his career in the womb. <laughs> he starts announcing while still being carried by Elizabeth. And then, really cool, she hears that announcement. The Holy Spirit comes upon her and she makes an announcement of her own. And then, look down at verse 46. We're going to see Mary now. And what she's going to do as far as 
announcing. This is, these, these verses, 46 through 55, I would encourage you just to read them a couple times over this next week. This is Mary's song. Okay, I believe that this is Mary's behold the glory moment. Okay, uh, so when we say, stop for a second, when we say uh, God's glory, what do we mean? Um, by that, we mean his beauty, his holiness, his uniqueness, and all of his perfections put on display. Okay, so think of Isaiah chapter 6, when the angels are saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. Set apart is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. So when we say, behold the glory, we're saying, see his majesty in all of this. Revel in the beauty of God, in the grand story of redemption, in the announcement of the coming Messiah. Right here, Mary sees it. And she stops and she worships. And I'll say it this way. She announces. Look at this, verse 46. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he looked on, on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call, will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones. He has exalted those of humble estate. And he has filled the hungry, those who know they need him, with good things. And the rich, those who think they are self-sufficient, he has sent away empty. And he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Mary announces. She does two things in this song of hers. First, she reflects on the grace of God, right? She talks about her humble estate. In other words, she's saying, who am I? I'm undeserving of this role. I'm even undeserving of salvation. That's right. Mary was a sinner in need of a savior also. And yet she says, he blessed me. And I get the joy of playing a role in his redemptive narrative. And after reflecting on the grace of God, she then reflects on his character and his plan, who he is and what he has done. Which, by the way, it's really interesting. This young woman knows her scripture. Like she knows the promise and the prophecies. How do you know that, Nate? Well, in this song, over a dozen times, she references Old Testament passages in her song. She was clinging to this truth, and it's really fascinating because more than likely she was, she was illiterate. And so she was clinging to these promises as they've been passed down orally over the years, and she's reflected on them and, and pondered them. And she goes through the rest of this song and she says he is the savior and he's, he's blessed and he's done great things and he's holy and he's merciful and he's just and he's gracious and he's provided and he is faithful. He keeps his promises and his covenant. And she, she continues this amazing announcement. But here's what's really cool. 
the announcement doesn't stop with Mary. It continues. Later in this chapter, Zechariah has his own announcement moment. In chapter 2, the angels announce it to the shepherds. Then the shepherds turn around and announce it to everyone. And then after that, we see John the Baptist announcing it and saying, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And then after that, we see Jesus announcing the good news about himself. And then the disciples give their lives, literally, for this announcement. This isn't a a one-time announcement. It's one that continues through God's people every day around the world, across borders, across cultures, across languages. This good news is both announced and received. Think about this. If you know Jesus as your Savior, someone announced this to you. And now, we have a role. We have a a part to play in this glorious redemptive plan. We get to continue furthering this announcement. We are sent on his behalf. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. May we worship with Mary at the joy of of being chosen by God and now and now commissioned to announce the good news about him. Who over this week do you need to announce it to? The announcement continues through us. Uh, I want to end our time this morning like this. Uh, If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you haven't placed your trust in him, please hear this announcement. The king has come. (laughs) He lived the perfect life that we can't. Why can't we live it? Because we're sinners. We are sinners by nature and we are sinners by choice. And scripture tells us that our sin separates us from a holy God and that the wages of our sin, the just punishment of that holy God is death. But Jesus died and paid the penalty for our sin on the cross. And then he rose from the dead in victory over sin and death. And and get this, God promises that he will save you. He will reconcile you to himself if you place your trust in him for salvation. John 3, 16, God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes on him will not perish but we'll have eternal life. Today, today you can place your trust in him. This Christmas, believe he keeps his promises 
And this announcement that he has come and he's bringing salvation with him is the most glorious of announcements. For those of us that are here who have placed their trust in Jesus, same thing. Hear this announcement. The king has come. Behold the glory. We are recipients of God's grace. Don't be afraid. Filter every other announcement that you are receiving even now in your life through this amazing announcement. Nothing is impossible with God. Keep trusting him. Keep announcing him as an overflow of having received that announcement yourself. There's clarity with the promise. There is certainty last week with the prophecy. And now there is anticipation with the announcement. We've been waiting for this. The king is coming. Salvation is on the horizon. Christmas Eve, the arrival, the arrival. Pray with me, Father. You are so good. Like, I just, I mean, even right then, thinking about that again, the fact that I know you as, as Savior means that <laughs> someone faithfully, graciously carried on the announcement that they had received also in my life. And I think about it even specifically in my parents who carried that on and faithfully announced it to me even when I was hard of hearing. And that older man in the church who invested in me and refused to give up on me and faithfully and continually just kept announcing it to me as an overflow of the joy of that announcement in his own life, Lord, would each of us even right now worship you in light of the fact that if we are in you, it is because you graciously acted on our behalf and softened our hard hearts and used another believer to speak that announcement to us, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, would we this week even especially, would we stop and would we behold the glory? Would we behold your glory in this perfect plan that you planned, that you put in place from eternity past and that you are even now carrying on through your people, through the church? Would we behold it, Lord? Would we revel in it? Would we remind ourselves of it? I, I, think, of, I think of everyone here and part of this body, Lord, but we're all day to day in different places and going through different things. And I even know of some of the hard, difficult moments that are even present right now in brothers and sisters in this room, Lord. Right now, would you remind them of this announcement? Would you remind them of this truth? Would you remind them of your glory? And would they not fear would they trust you? Would they filter that news and their circumstances through the beauty of the incarnation and your accomplished work on the cross and in the empty tomb? 
And Lord, would you help us? Would you help us to live our lives sent by you? And would we look for every opportunity to tell our kids, to tell our neighbors, to tell our coworkers, to tell our family here in a few days even about the glorious announcement. And that announcement is, is our King has come and there is hope healed to his will. We're so thankful, Lord, and we love you so very much. In Jesus' name.